Hi, I'm Lone Candle. I'm tired of people misusing the labor force participation rate. On one hand, it's an important concept that people need to take into account. On the other hand, people too often treat it like a simple statistic that tells us how well the economy is doing in this moment. The labor force participation rate by itself does not tell us how well the economy is doing in this moment, nor does it tell us if a leader is doing a good or bad job. The unemployment rate is very cyclical, meaning it tends to be largely determined by how well the economy is doing right now. Compared to the unemployment rate, the labor force participation rate is more affected by long-term factors that say little about how well the economy is currently doing, although it is also affected by short-term variables. The unemployment rate is the number of gainfully employed people divided by the sum of the number of gainfully employed people plus those actively looking for work. This summation, the gainfully employed plus those looking for work, is the labor force. The unemployment rate only looks at people in the labor force. It does not look at people who are both not working and not looking for work. This is why the labor force participation rate can be important when following the current state of the economy. Some people may want a job, but because of flaws in the current economy, have given up and have left the labor force. These people are not in the unemployment rate calculation, and this can make the employment situation look better than it is. Because of this, people will often look at the labor force participation rate as well as the unemployment rate when examining the economy. However, if they are not careful, they will make mistakes because there are long-term forces that heavily affect the labor force participation rate. The share of the population at retirement ages, the extent that society accepts women as workers, how much education people receive, cultural attitudes towards work and idleness, health issues, the prevalence of drug addiction, government benefits, the quality of entertainment options, low wages, wage inequality, the number of people with prison records, the long-term loss of manufacturing and other jobs, the availability of childcare arrangements, marriage rates, and current stocks of wealth all affect the labor force participation rate. And these factors, in part or total, are long-term issues over and above the current cycle of the economy. Be careful not to draw conclusions from the labor force participation rate about the current economic state because the rate is so heavily affected by these other factors. The labor force participation rate is the proportion of civilian, non-institutional people age 16 and older who are either employed or looking for work. So, the number of such people employed or looking for work divided by the total number of non-institutional civilians 16 and older is the labor force participation rate. Not only can we make mistakes about what the labor force participation rate says about the current state of the economy, 
but about whether it being low is a bad thing in the first place. Certainly, if someone drops out of the labor force because they have given up on finding a job, that's bad. If someone drops out because they couldn't get proper health care to keep their mind and body working well, that's bad. If someone drops out because of discrimination or because the only jobs available are so low-paying that they're not worthwhile, that's bad. However, if the participation rate is low because more people are older, then that's not clearly a bad thing. An older country faces challenges, but we should expect a lower participation rate when a higher percentage of the population is past retirement age. Voluntarily retiring after a long life of work is a good thing. If someone drops out of the labor force to retire early, that also isn't clearly bad. People dropping out to be a full-time parent or a caretaker of elderly isn't necessarily bad either. So, to say if a lower participation rate is bad, we have to know why the rate is lower. We have to know why people are not participating and whether they actually don't want to work or not. If you look at a graph showing the labor force participation rate from 1948 to 2019, and the graph shows a line for each of the following populations, the overall population, men, and women, you'll see the line for the overall population rate between the line for men and the line for women. The overall rate slightly inclines until the late 1970s, where the line has not sustained an increase since and has fallen. Above that is the male rate. It has been declining since 1948. Over time, a smaller and smaller percentage of men are participating in the labor force. Women, however, have increased their participation rate from about 1948 to the mid-1990s. Since the mid-1990s, a decreasing percentage of women have been participating. Blacks have both a lower participation rate than whites and have shown a greater decline. Why are less Americans working? The number one reason, the reason that explains half or maybe up to two-thirds of the drop in the overall rate since the late 1990s, is that we are older than we used to be. Older people are more likely to be retired or too disabled to work. As the baby boom generation retires, more and more Americans are at that age, so the participation rate goes down. At the same time, we have been having fewer children, so there are fewer young workers to replace the boomers. So, when we're analyzing the rate and seeing that over a presidency it has gone down, of course it has. The country has continued to get older, so a higher percentage of us are retired. This may have nothing to do with the current economy or the performance of leaders. Now, if it has spiked down due to a recession, then that's different. Although even then, we may expect the recession drop to never fully recover because of long-term forces. The other one-third to a half of the rate decline over the last few decades is a decrease in the participation of younger workers. So, part of the overall decline is due to people of working ages working less. In 1948, over 96% of men aged 25 to 54 participated. 
even before the COVID pandemic, that number was under 90%. Looking at prime age males from 2000 to 2021, all educational categories have decreased, but those with less than a bachelor's have decreased the most. This dynamic has been true for several decades. For prime age women, only those with less than a bachelor's have decreased in participation since 2000. From 1978 to 2018, for men, the participation rate has decreased for all education levels, although the most for those with high school or less. For women, it has increased, but the most for those with some college or more education. If we look at prime age male participation by race and education, we see that for whites and blacks, the more education, the higher the rate. For Hispanics, the rate is about equally high no matter the level of education. <clears throat> Looking at women, all three of these races have a higher rate the farther one goes in education. From 2000 to 2010, when asked what was the primary reason for non-participation, three reasons led the surveys in about equal weight, school, disabled, and retired. Since 2010, retirement has driven the participation decline. Looking at a chart from 1998 through 2020, that shows how much different factors change the labor force participation rate helps explain the changes we see in the last 20 years. These results are based on surveys and why people said they are in or are not in the labor force. Disability slash illness and people being in school are fairly large factors to the negative. In 2020, disability slash illness caused the rate to be 0.8 percentage points lower than it otherwise would, and school caused a 1.1 drop. By 2020, the effects of school and disability slash illness were dwarfed by retirement. Starting in 2010, retirement became a major factor driving the rate downward. In 2020, the effect was 3.7 percentage points. With the baby boomers retiring, this will continue to be a drag on the labor force as a higher percentage of the population is past retirement age. Looking at another chart shows the labor force participation from 1998 through 2020 by age group. It also shows the population of each age group. Looking at the growing colored bars on the right end of the chart, we see that the number of older people was clearly growing, causing the overall participation rate to go down because older people are more likely to be retired, as seen by the relatively low squiggly black line going across the colored population bar on the right end of the graph. This line is above the colored bars for other age groups, showing each of their labor force participation rates. On the left, the youngest groups have clearly dropped in labor force participation, although much of this is due to higher school enrollment, so isn't clearly a problem. However, looking at prime age workers, the age groupings in the middle we can see that the labor force participation has declined a little. Every tenth of a percentage is important and can have a significant impact on the economy.
the participation of men aged 25 to 54 has been declining since at least the 1950s, with its peak at 98% in 1954. As of 2017, it was at 88%. This is low compared to other developed countries. Some of this is also due to older demographics, as men participate more in their 30s and 40s than their 50s. But this is not the key force. The driver of the drops in prime-age men participation is seen in cohort effects, not the demographic balance. Younger cohorts are participating less than older ones. According to a 2019 survey, 40.6% of prime-age non-participating men say they are not looking for work because they're ill or disabled. 20.9% say they are taking care of the home or family. 9.2% say they are enrolled in school. 3.9% say they are retired, and only 3.5% say they are not looking for work because they couldn't find any. This suggests that a lot of the problem was not the current state of the economy or job availability, although some of those who gave reasons other than that they couldn't find a job may have been affected by low job prospects. According to a review of the scientific literature, for the decrease among prime-age adults, Chinese import competition and robots have been important drivers. Disability insurance has also been important, but less so than import competition and robots. Increases in real minimum wages in some states and the percentage of people who were imprisoned have contributed modestly. A rage in childcare, better leisure technology, social norms, more opioid use, more occupational licensing, and less labor market fluidity are also factors. No single factor explains the decline, and it's not clear how to weight each factor. But the literature has found that different factors matter for different groups based on age and gender. Health in the opioid crisis strongly affected prime-age men and women and weakly affected men and women age 55 and older. Changes in Social Security retirement benefits strongly affected men and women 55 and older. Social Security disability insurance and other programs strongly affected prime-aged men and women. Increases in education levels strongly took young people out of the labor force, while weekly kept older men and women in the labor force. Increases in education enrollments strongly affected young men and women. Changes in technology and leisure strongly affected young men. Household income and wealth strongly affected older men and prime-age women, while weakly affecting older women. The long-term impacts of unemployment spells weakly affected men and women in their prime and 55 and older. Trade strongly affected prime-age men and weakly affected all other groups. Technology change also strongly affected prime men while weakly affecting all other groups. The minimum wage strongly affected young men and women. Criminal records strongly affected prime and young men. Gender labor market differences strongly affected women of all ages. Other factors discussed in the literature are marriage, norms around work and idleness, norms around women working, child benefits and regulations, stagnant wages, unequal wages, and immigration. To complicate things further, many of the factors not only affect the labor force, but they affect each other. For example, living with family, low wages, a prison record, and demand shocks may all make finding a marriage partner more difficult. And 
being married gives one the incentive to be independent and develop marketable skills. Competition from robots in China, as well as employer concentration, can create lower wages as well as increase the wage gap between those with and without college degrees. So these are not completely independent factors. This makes the problem hard to study, empirically and theoretically. I will now briefly discuss some of the factors one by one. Multiple studies concluded that the aging population accounts for half or more of the decrease in labor force participation since 1997. Workers 55 and older have seen an increase in participation in the last two decades, but they still participate less than younger workers. If you look at graphs comparing the real labor force participation rate to an estimate of what it would be with constant demographics, it shows that in the 2000s, the lines separate with the actual line dropping well below what the rate would be if not for an aging population. Although men's participation rate has been lowering since 1948, women's have been rising due to the increasing acceptability of women working in a variety of jobs and careers. The increasing rates for women kept the overall participation rates from falling through most of the 20th century. However, starting in the mid-1990s, the rates for women stopped increasing, and they decreased for women with less than a bachelor's. Looking at women by age cohort, women's participation rate peaked with women born in the 1950s. A lower percentage of later generation women were in the workforce, and female rates never reached that of men. Why the female participation rate stopped increasing and declined a little has multiple reasons. In 1991, 77% of prime-age women not in the labor force said they weren't in the labor force due to home responsibilities. That number was 60% in 2015. A study estimated that the United States' family policies that are less generous than other countries explain a quarter of the decline in women's participation from 1990 to 2010. Literature comparing the labor force participation rate in Japan to the U.S., finds that family-friendly policies in Japan help their rate compared to that of the U.S. In Japan, a woman is better able to return to work after childbirth because of such policies. However, due to gender norms, Japanese women tend to flow into lower-paying jobs. The increased cost of childcare and the expectations for women to do more activities in raising children could have put downward pressure on the female labor force participation since the 1990s. When looking at the reasons women give for not being in the labor force, if we ignore those who say because of home responsibilities, their reasons given are about the same as men and in roughly equal proportions. Disability or illness is the largest reason. Like men, two-thirds of the female labor force participation decline may be due to aging. Evidence suggests that the impact of immigration on women's labor force participation is small. A cause of the slowdown of women's participation is the inequality of the compensation of educated women compared to educated men. In the mid-1990s, the skill premium for men increased faster than for women, and this could have caused 
60% of the participation slowdown among women married to husbands with college degrees. Women married to highly educated or high-income husbands have such lower earnings compared to their husbands that it leads to some women not working. Because the gap is larger for college graduates than high school graduates, the effect is mainly for college graduate couples. This mainly affects women with a college degree because high-earning college graduate men tend to marry women with college degrees. However, women married to husbands with a high school degree have also reduced their growth in labor force participation. The more money a husband makes, the less likely it is that his wife works. The end of the growth in women's labor force participation rate trends with the end of the growth in their hourly earnings, which may mean that women's labor force participation rate stopped growing because women who were willing to work for such pay were already in the workforce, and the incentive for additional women to work is too low at the stalled-out wages. Because the U.S. taxes at the household level, a married woman's tax bracket depends on how much her husband makes, making the tax rate for low-earning married women very high. It's possible that changes in norms related to the value of work and the extent that it's okay to not work have affected the labor force participation rate. One metric that may provide insight is the percentage of those not in the labor force who say that even though they are not working or looking for work, they still want a job. In the 1990s, this percentage dropped and has stayed low. To gauge the effect of this on the labor force participation rate, researchers have estimated what the labor force participation would have been if the amount of non-participants wanting a job had stayed at 1969 levels. This could have lowered the labor force participation rate by close to a percentage point. Doing the same thing but also holding age demographics fixed reveals a considerably larger difference with a combined difference between actuals and estimates at 3 percentage points. Less non-participants wanting a job is driven by prime-age females and young workers, with 930,000 less prime-age females wanting a job between 1994 and 2001, 680,000 young workers, and only 250,000 prime-age males. The want-a-job drop in the 1990s was driven by those not living alone. The drop was greater for low-income households than high-income households. Compared with the non-participators married with no children, non-participators married with children had a greater drop in the percentage of them wanting a job. According to time-use surveys, non-participating men watch a lot of TV and play a lot of video games. Women out of the labor force have more meaning from their daily activities than men out of the labor force do. Prime-age men out of the labor force so they have less emotional well-being compared to working men. Employed women have the same reported well-being compared to those who are not in the labor force for the purpose of home responsibilities. But women who are not in the labor force for other reasons have less emotional well-being. So, a lot of women leave the labor force for home responsibilities, and this gives their lives just as much meaning and satisfaction as working. While men tend to not leave for that reason, and they tend to have less emotional well-being compared to male workers. 
A study on male labor force participation found that religiosity did not affect participation overall, but did for low-skilled areas. So, areas with many low-skilled workers tended to have higher participation the more religious the people of the area were. The fact that less non-participators want a job could indicate that there is less of a pro-work culture. It could just be that the available jobs are perceived as so poor and lowly paid that people give up and no longer even want a job. A lot of women didn't want a job simply because they were satisfied with their home responsibilities. So part of the increase in non-participators who don't want a job is the same factors that caused the women participation rate to decline. Another likely factor is young people being in school were satisfied enough with entertainment, so they didn't want a job. Lots of people out of the workforce are on opioids and are generally less healthy. Multiple studies have found that areas with higher opioid prescription rates have lower labor force participation rates for men, even when controls include a period dummy, demographics, region indicators, share of manufacturing employment, and interactions. The results hold when controlling for health variables, although health data forces a smaller data set so males and females were combined. This causal arrow may go both ways, but some anecdotal evidence suggests people are leaving the labor force as a result of opioids. Roughly, opioid prescriptions could have caused a 0.6 percentage point decrease in male labor force participation, which is 20% of the drop from 1999 through 2015. A similar calculation concludes that a fourth of the women labor force participation decline may be caused by opioid prescriptions. Studies have found that opioids slow the transition of workers from non-participation to employment. It's hard to say exactly what percentage of the labor force decline is due to opioids, legal and illegal, but they certainly have had an impact. There has been a secular decline in the real wage of prime-age, low-skilled men. Those with high school only have seen a 15% fall in wages from 1973 to 2016. Stagnating and declining wages has been associated with the lower participation rates. Not only are wages lower, but the nature of jobs is different. Men may have gotten more work satisfaction from manufacturing compared to service sector jobs. A study found that the higher the employer concentration is, the lower the labor force participation. When union coverage is higher, this relationship is weaker. However, the labor force participation rate for less educated men has declined more consistently than the decline in wages. In the 1970s and 1980s, participation in wages went down, but after 1995, participation kept declining while wages were stable. There has been an increase in the wage gap between low- and high-skill workers. This could be caused by technology change that increases the demand for those with higher skills. Globalization and less U.S. manufacturing jobs are additional factors. In 1973, the average income of someone with just a high school degree was 72% of that of someone with a college degree. In 2016, that number was 51%. After 1980, the returns on a college degree increased. 
1980, the average college graduate made 1.26 times more per hour than the average high school graduate. In 2015, this ratio was 1.68. For advanced degrees, this change compared to high school degree holders was 1.41 to 2.17. Studies have found that inequality and lower demand for less skilled workers are correlated with lower labor force participation. A model has found that when the relative earnings of non-college prime-age men fall, labor force exit rates rise. Over four decades, this could have caused 44% of the growth in their labor force exit rate. Other studies have found that a worker's perceived relative earnings affect job satisfaction and subjective well-being. So, rather than simply caring about absolute compensation, workers also care about relative compensation. And if they feel like their wages are too low compared to others, they may decide not to participate at all. Some scientific work indicates that both the wages and employment of less educated males are caused by lack of demand for their labor. Competition from China and automation are huge factors limiting demand. Such competition didn't simply cause falling or stagnant wages, but mass layoffs. Several studies have found that local economies are slow to recover from economic shocks. Transitioning to new work can be difficult when people find limited good options. Moving may be the best possibility, but people are often reluctant to move. A study found that workers who worked in routinizable occupations are more likely to leave the labor force. It may be that local labor market adjustments caused by shocks creates the sometimes correlation between lower wages and participation, but that these shocks and adjustments are the true cause. Most of these displaced people eventually rejoin the workforce. While less labor demand is a factor, it alone doesn't explain the decline in labor force participation among men with lower education. It's difficult to gauge the overall impact of robots in China because negative shocks in one place in time may lead to opportunities in another place in time. Automation usually causes less demand for middle-skilled routine behavior, but this creates jobs for higher-skilled labor, and robots increase the productivity of the economy, which in turn creates more jobs. A study found that on average, one industrial robot causes two workers to leave the labor force and that the robots lead to increased enrollment in post-secondary education among the young, early retirement among the old, and increased disability insurance enrollment among the middle-aged. The new jobs created by automation don't match the skills of those displaced by automation. The share of the population previously incarcerated has grown as the share of the resident population in prison has grown. In 1970, the share in prison was 0.1%. By 2000, it had grown to 0.5%. In 2014, between 6 and 7.7% of prime-aged men had previously been in prison. For black men, the numbers were between 194 and 30.1%. The incarceration rate for males was 564 out of 100,000 in 1990, and 890 out of 100,000 men in 2014. Surveys find that having a criminal record means a man is less likely to have employment. Employers say that they prefer not to hire criminals, and studies show that such men are less likely to be called for interviews. 
Incarceration also increases the chance of future criminal activity. It's difficult to estimate the impact of criminal records on the overall participation rate, but it surely has an effect, especially for populations with high prison rates. Prison records may be a particularly strong cause for the reduction in labor force participation of blacks. However, the labor force participation decline for blacks without college education began decades before their large increase in incarceration. So while prison contributes to the labor force participation rate, it isn't the full explanation, even for blacks with low education. Since the 1990s, the primary reason given for why young workers are not in the labor force is they are in school. The largest explanation for the labor force decline among young workers during this time is an increase in education. From 1997 to 2017, young men aged 16 to 24 accounted for close to a quarter of the decrease in the overall labor force participation rate. Another education-related factor is that people in school have become less likely to be working at the same time. Different types of government benefits seem to affect labor force participation in different ways. Multiple studies find that when Social Security is more generous, fewer older people are in the labor force. When it's more stingy, more older people are in the labor force. The Social Security changes increased retirement age, elimination of the earnings test, and increased delayed retirement credit account for 73.4% of the increase in participation from the 1930s cohort to the 1950s cohort. Other policy experiments indicate that increasing retirement age has little effect on older people, but eliminating the earnings test and reducing retirement benefits would additionally increase older age participation. A study found that welfare policies designed to encourage low-skilled mothers to work increased their participation, but also lowered the participation of young, low-skilled men. The participation of mothers tends to increase when tax reforms benefit low-income workers. A study found that since 2000, for people aged 16 and 17, higher minimum wages led to less of these teens employed. Disability disincentivizes work in a few ways. One, the income gives less incentive to work. Two, if beneficiaries make more than the substantial gainful activity level, they lose benefits, so they lose disability income if they work too much. Three, disability recipients gain Medicare eligibility after two years, removing this incentive to work. A variety of studies have found that disability insurance decreases labor force participation. From 2008 to 2017, the chance of being out of the labor force due to disability has gone up. About half of prime-age men not in the labor force may have a serious health condition that makes working more difficult. Half of prime-age men not in the labor force take pain medication. Two-thirds of these take prescription pain medication. Forty percent of prime-age men not in the labor force say they are prevented from working full-time due to pain. According to 2011 through 2013 surveys, 20.1 million working-age people said a physical, mental, or emotional problem keeps them from working at a job or business, or that they are limited in the kind or amount of work they can do because of a physical, mental, or emotional problem. 
The top three reasons are backslash neck problems at 30.3%, depression slash anxiety slash emotional problems at 21.0%, and arthritis slash rheumatism at 18.6%. From 1967 to 2014, the percentage of prime-age men on disability insurance went from 1% to 3%. During this same time, the labor force participation rate dropped 7.5 percentage points, so at most, disability insurance could have caused a quarter of this decline. The amount of the labor force participation decline actually caused by disability insurance is smaller than that. Researchers used methods involving those who applied for disability insurance and got accepted and those who applied and got rejected then looked at their workforce differences. In a sophisticated version of this, one study found those on the margin failing to get disability participate in the workforce 40 percentage points more compared to marginal disability beneficiaries. Because the marginal beneficiary is likely healthier than other people on disability, their gaining of disability income is more likely to make a difference in whether they work or not compared to the average person on disability. Also, because this method requires people to have applied for disability in the first place, this can add bias in that to be eligible, one has to already not be in the labor force. Applying and failing could affect those applicants' future behavior. The time out of work may make finding a job harder, and applying for disability may change people's identities. A study compared participation of those who said they had a health-related work limitation but did not apply for disability to those who applied and got disability, as well as those who applied and failed to those who applied and succeeded. The employment rate differential between those who did not apply but reported a health-related limitation and between those who got disability benefits was 50 percentage points. That number between rejected applicants and beneficiaries was 30 percentage points. Increased disability insurance enrollment may explain some of the decrease in the labor force participation among men in the 45 to 54 age range, but not many men aged 25 to 44 are on disability insurance. Disability doesn't help explain any of the lower participation of high school dropouts and only a little of high school graduates below the age of 45. Estimates indicate it may have caused up to 25% of the non-participation increase among 45- to 54-year-old high school graduates and those with some college from the 1975 to 1984 decade to the 2008 to 2017 decade. Changes in the Social Security Disability Insurance Program could only have caused a small amount of the labor force participation decline. If the program did not exist, maybe it would be one percentage point higher. Some of the increase caused by disability is not about changes in the program, but an older demographic profile. Some studies have found evidence that the cohort of people reaching retirement are less healthy compared to those of previous cohorts. This could cause earlier retirements and more disability claims. Studies have shown that local labor demand shocks increase the number of people on disability. So, disability insurance likely works with labor demand shocks to decrease participation. Some people are not so disabled that they can't work, but they have a health limitation, and thanks to a labor demand shock, their opportunities are poor, so they decide to apply for disability. Most non-participating men stay afloat by income from family members. Only a minority depend on disability benefits. A variety of indicators support that men stay out of extreme poverty by the income of others in their household. Compared to other countries, 
In the United States, those with health limitations work less. If the U.S. could find a way to help those people still work, this would be an upward force on the labor force participation rate. The effects of disability are not independent of other welfare. In other countries, there are more assistance programs that encourage out-of-work people to keep looking for work, making a program like disability not as attractive. So, disability insurance does decrease the labor force participation rate, but mostly among older workers and probably in combination with other factors. Video and computer games have been linked to more leisure for younger men and less labor hours. Regression analysis has found a relationship between the popularity of video games and unemployment. Recreation prices have gotten cheaper over the last hundred years. A model found that lower recreation prices correlate with less work hours. This model was about work hours, not labor force participation, but it's still suggestive that cheaper entertainment may have led to lower labor force participation. Video games bring relief to the stresses of unemployment. They give feelings of productivity, of accomplishment, and social significance that may otherwise be gotten from work. A culture that gives less value to work, combined with norms making it acceptable for adults to play electronic games, may have led to less labor force participation. One study disagreed with the gaming theory. Using a survey, they found that an increase in gaming came at the expense of time on TV, movies, and streaming. An increase in gaming is the result of norms making it more acceptable to play games at later ages. They did not find that men leaving the labor force have a preference for gaming. The study concluded that decreases in employment and labor force participation are more likely caused by changes in labor demand than gaming. Since 1970, marriage rates have dropped. Marriage and children give a man a reason to work, to provide for his family. In this way, less marriage may reduce the labor force. However, being unemployed or only making low wages makes a man less desirable in the marriage market, so less marriage can be caused by wage and employment issues. Even the expectation of marriage gives men the incentive to work. A good job may be a requirement of many women. So if a man wants to get married, he has the incentive to work and to develop marketable skills. With the marriage rate down, fewer men may expect to get married and therefore have less incentive to work. Among working age men, unmarried men are less likely to be working. Married black men are more likely to participate in the labor force than never married white men. There may be complex feedbacks between family structure, labor demand, and other factors that most heavily affect less educated men. There's an increase in the percentage of less educated men living with parents or relatives. Adults living with a parent used to be rare, but by 2014, a quarter of whites and 40% of blacks, aged 25 through 34, lived with a parent. Older groups also have an increase, but a smaller one. All else being equal, Men living with their parents are less desirable marriage mates. Immigrants participate in the workforce at higher rates than Americans born in the country. Trump's restrictive immigration policies and COVID have reduced immigration, and this has had a small impact decreasing the labor force participation rate. 
Immigration also may increase or decrease natives' participation rate, increase by way of improving the economy overall, decrease by competition with low-skilled natives. However, the negative effects of low-skilled workers are small, and many studies find none at all. Additionally, the largest negative effects on low-skilled participation are temporary. Less immigration is probably a net drag on the participation rate, but a small one. The country has gotten wealthier over time, and with more wealth, more people have the resources to stop working if they wish. Also, parents have more resources to support idle adult children, so increasing stocks of wealth may lower the labor force participation rate. The literature generally finds that most of the decline in labor force participation is due to long-term secular trends. However, the participation rate does fluctuate with the business cycle. The Great Recession may have caused structural changes due to loss of skills during long-term unemployment. It's more difficult to get hired when long-term unemployed, and such people are less likely to become employed. Recessions that cause people to become long-term unemployed have long-term consequences. Studies have not found that the magnitude of this effect is very large. The cyclical nature of the labor force participation rate is driven by people with home and family responsibilities and by younger people who go to school during such times. Adult men have been declining in participation since 1948, being a little steeper since the late 1990s, and the overall trend did not change after the Great Recession. Different studies concluded that the cyclical effect on the labor force participation rate from the Great Recession ended by 2016. The labor force participation rate before the COVID pandemic in February 2020 was 63.4%. By April 2020, it fell to about 60%. By the end of 2022, it recovered to 62.1%, but was still below the pre-pandemic levels. Much, about half, of this is driven by older workers who either were going to retire anyways or who retired a little early because of COVID. The share of adults, 55 and older, who are retired, was 48.1% in the third quarter of 2019, and 50.3% in the third quarter in 2021. Some of these retirees may have retired out of fear of COVID, which older people are more vulnerable to. Others may be able to afford retirement due to asset appreciation. Those that retire due to COVID are likely to stay retired, so their portion of the COVID participation drop won't return to pre-COVID levels. However, the retirement of older folks doesn't explain the entire COVID participation drop. People ages 25 to 54 participate at a rate 0.7 percentage points lower than before the pandemic. People in their early 20s participate 3 percentage points less than pre-COVID. There are a variety of factors that help explain the sustained decrease in post-COVID participation rates. In an August 2022 poll, 40% said they wouldn't be able to find a job with enough flexibility, 38% said family situations and personal obligations were problems, and 43% said they had medical conditions. According to a U.S. Chamber survey of unemployed people who had lost their jobs during the pandemic, 
27% said taking care of children or other family members made their return to work difficult or impossible. 28% said illness or health issues has kept them from looking for work. Many child care providers closed or limited their operations because of the pandemic. The industry has been slow to recover. Nursing homes have also had difficulty finding workers. Therefore, many people, particularly women, have left the labor force to take care of children or at-risk relatives. One reason for a slow return to the labor force after COVID is that so much relief money went out the doors that people can coast on that money without a job. According to a December 2021 Golden Sachs report that uses a cross-country model, about half of the post-COVID participation rate shortfall is due to fiscal support like the COVID stimulus. The participation rate is generally lower in economies with larger increases in household liquidity. They conclude that a third of the participation shortfall is due to using unemployment benefits instead of job retention schemes. They say the final one-sixth of the shortfall is from people fearing the virus. They don't expect the participation rate to catch up to trend even after benefits and fears die down because some people, especially older workers, permanently left the labor force after losing their jobs. There was also some state stimulus. As of January 2023, households still had more than $2 trillion in excess savings, some of that resulting from COVID stimulus. Explanations like stimulus and childcare-slash-nursing unavailability should have been temporary, but the post-COVID drop in participation is maintaining. It may be that the sustained portion of the COVID drop has more to do with the long-run trends than just COVID. Some workers aren't returning because they started new businesses. A study showed an increase in micro-businesses during COVID. Working-age women's participation rate has returned to pre-COVID levels faster than that of men. Long COVID is affecting many people. Estimates vary widely, but some of the non-participators are likely affected by long COVID. It likely plays a role in the increase of disability too. Estimates range from 0.5 to 4 million people are out of the workforce due to long COVID. Long COVID can cause physical and cognitive impairments, including difficulty remembering, concentrating, and making decisions. Participation by those with college degrees has recovered post-COVID, but not for people with less education. Because women have been earning more college degrees than men, this could partially explain the greater female recovery. When both partners in a household do not have a college degree, women are more likely to not work to take care of a child. When only one partner has a degree, women are sometimes the sole worker. COVID may have given Americans a chance to reevaluate their attitudes toward work compared to family time and other free time activities. Stimulus would make such a shift easier. And a plethora of open jobs may give people the sense that they can get a job at any time. During 2020 and 2021, lawful immigration was down, which is part of the problem with places not finding workers. During the COVID pandemic, more people may have abused opioids and other drugs as evidenced by an increase in abuse deaths. Opioids and crystal meth abusers participate less than non-abusers. A study estimated that between 9 and 26% of the drop in prime age labor force between February 2020 and June 2021 is accounted for by additional substance abusers.
The majority of men who said they had not worked over the last month also had not worked over the previous year. However, other data shows that among white high school graduates who transitioned to a full year of non-participation, 66% returned to annual participation two years later, and 83% did so five years later. Among white high school graduates who started the survey as full-year non-participants, 54% had annual participation after two years and 76% did so after five years. Thus, a lot of people do not stay out of the labor force permanently. They may stay out for years, but eventually many return. A few studies find that some people leave the labor force for an extended period of time, like a year or more, but do ultimately return. So, not all labor force exits are permanent, but more extended temporary exits still decrease the labor force. Some of these men are strategically out of the workforce and will return when the time is right. So, it's not that they don't believe in work at all, but are waiting for the right time to return. One study concluded that for some people temporarily out of the labor force, labor demand isn't the cause, but just a desire for less labor by prime age men. For many, these temporary exits are short and infrequent, so don't have a huge effect on lifetime incomes. A study also found that many non-participating men who left due to substance use disorder went back to work after treatment. From 1984 to 2011, the temporary leavers were 20-40% to 40% of the participation decline. My main point is that one cannot use the labor force participation rate in a simple manner to explain how well the economy is doing because the rate is driven by several long-run factors. That said, the rate can also change cyclically and can indicate extra labor slack that the unemployment rate does not pick up. The largest cause of the decline in the labor force participation rate over the last few decades is the aging of the country, as a higher and higher percentage of people are at retirement age due to the retiring of the baby boomers and the decline in birth rates. The participation rate for people in their late teens and early 20s is also lower due to more people going to college. The participation rate of prime age males has been declining since 1948 and there are several explanations as to why. Cultural attitudes toward work and idleness, health issues, drug addiction, government benefits, changing entertainment options and attitudes toward them, low wages, wage inequality, the number of people with prison records, the long-term loss of manufacturing and other jobs to automation and foreign competition, declining marriage rates, and current stocks of wealth. The labor force participation rate of prime-age women grew through the second half of the 20th century, but since the 2000s, the rate has declined. Explanations for the decline and for the failure of female rates to match men's are family and home responsibilities, lack of generous family policies, the cost of childcare, expectations of women to do more childcare work, unequal compensation based on gender, and household-based taxation. Outside of home responsibilities, the reasons women give for not being in the workforce are similar to that of men. 
the labor force participation rate is an important metric. But when someone is using it to show why the economy sucks, they likely are making a mistake by assuming that the rate is telling us something important about the state of the current economy, when its current levels may be more determined by multiple long-term factors. I'm Lone Candle. Like me, comment me, love me.